Welcome to episode 50 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss our joys and struggles of entrepreneurship. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how are you doing, comrade? I feel like I'm 50 years old. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's episode 50, but I'm doing all right. What are you up to this week? Oh, man. Oh, I, was I can't believe we're at, we're at episode 50 already. We're halfway to 100, two weeks away from doing this for a full year. It's, uh, I can't believe that we actually like committed to this every week. I think there was maybe yeah. only a couple weeks where we didn't, maybe we didn't do it. But they that, were the weeks that we had a backup. Yeah, we had, we had backup. Yeah, that's one reason why we try to stay, you know, stay week behind or ahead, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. Which came in handy this week too, because apparently you've had a as crazy week as me, because it's Thursday now. Uh, and, and normally do this on Tuesday. So, yeah, I completely forgot that we had a conference going on. Uh, Kirby and I went to a, a pretty cool conference that I don't know. Have you ever read the book Scaling Up? No, by a, a gentleman named Vern Harnish. Though either way, he's a very smart guy. Has a very cool uh, perspective on business and a very successful businessman. And so we got to listen to him speak about a bunch of stuff and the best way that I could describe it and Kirby and I both agreed, it was like drinking through a fire hose at this conference. We were there from, I don't know, probably eight o'clock in the morning until four, four thirty in the evening. And there were a couple of different speakers and everything, but it was all centered around business and culture and then a bunch of different marketing strategies. And I had a couple of epiphanies during this thing where I'm like, Oh man, that makes so much sense. Why have I not been doing that? But yeah, I totally forgot that we had that. And I, <laughs> I think it was like eight o'clock and I shot you a text. I was like, crap, I'm not going to be able to jump on today. Uh, but that's, that's well, kind of been how every week has gone yeah. probably the past three months. You know, I, I wake up, it's Monday. I go to bed. I wake up again. It's Friday. And well, to be fair, I was, I was minutes away from texting you and saying that I need to reschedule as well. So yeah, I don't think you felt bad, but I'm going to say you, know, you didn't need to feel, feel bad. Well, I really didn't feel bad knowing that we were one week ahead and I knew we could jump on at some point anyway later in the week. So it's just, that's one of the benefits of having a little bit of a cushion with an extra episode. But yeah, I still did feel a little bad because, you know, I, things have just been going by so fast that I've been dropping the ball in multiple different areas, not out of intention, but just, you know, I just had a couple people message me yesterday of things we talked about a month ago that we needed to follow up and hammer out details with. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to keep your head above the water and making sure you're keeping up with everything. Well, I, I, I was half joking last week when we were around with Justin, I said that, uh, you know, that, that, that I forget that we have a podcast until Tuesday morning, but that's right. It's pretty dang true. It's, I wish that I could I could maybe think about this more. We've talked about how how we've admittedly not not done a great job at at like you know promoting and pushing the podcast and being active in the in the social media groups that we that we made for this. But uh I mean it's something that this I mean this is something we're both passionate about. It, we wouldn't do it every single week if if we weren't. But uh I mean it's just hard to put 100% into and the, the 
25 different things that we, that we do each week. That's been my realization over the last year. I know we've kind of touched on this a lot, but that, that's why our team has increased so much over the last couple months because we just came to a realization that, you know, our team all agreed we do want to scale up. We do want to ultimately be a powerhouse in the realm of steel targets um, and anything, you know, personal defense and training and things like that. So the realization comes pretty quickly as you're moving on that you can only do this for so long alone or with a small team if your goal is to scale it up. Right. You and I have talked about it a million times. If you just wanted to keep keep it low-key, low, low key, like for you, for example, um, you've thrown around, you know, you, you could keep it small and, um, you know, do the work in your shop and, and maintain that. Um, at some point, if your goal is, okay, we want to go from – from this current level up to um, I'll call quote unquote big businesses, which they're really not like you think, you know what they are in the gun industry, the companies you'd look at, they're global. They, you, know, you would consider them large businesses. Um, if you want to go from there to there, it ultimately you have to put people in place or else guys like you and me are going to going to literally, literally become insane and be admitted to some hospital somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, if your goal is to scale up, you can't scale up until you scale up. Right. Literally, figuratively and literally. Yeah. You have to, at some point, say, okay, I'm doing this. I'm bringing out more people. You know, like you can't, you can't, can't be a scaled up business until you scale up your business. And that sounds stupid, but. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Think about it. The only other opportunity, the, the only other option is. If you're the sole owner and say you're running your shop alone or whoever's listening, whatever business you're involved in, if you're doing it alone right now, or maybe you have one partner or just a you know, one employee or whatever, the only other option if you're not going to hire is to work more. And at some point you become ineffective because you can only go so fast for so long before you're burnt out. And then you start dropping the ball. And I've been in that seat many times where, you know, I was trying to do way too much stuff with just me. And then you just drop the ball and you'll actually do more harm than, than good at some point. So it's, it's the journey we're on though. I mean, it's ultimately trying to make good decisions and we've been trying to game plan this, but the biggest struggle is the fact that there's so many unknowns in business and we're trying to predict things ultimately knowing we don't have complete control over a lot of the different aspects. So that's been the biggest struggle. And I'll give you an example. This past week, we made the determination that it's time to start ordering complete mill runs of our material, uh, which is over 40,000 pounds of steel at one shot. And, you know, this is a decision based on where we think we're going as a company and forecasting current sales trends with, um, a highly effective team that we have in place now, but it's, it's stuff like that that carries a ton of risk. But if, yeah. you know, again, if you're going to scale it up at some point, you have to be willing to risk something. And we all, any of us that started a business, you've already done that. You've already risked something to start a business. So it's just doing that. But as we've been moving forward, the risks have been, exponentially larger as far as what they're worth or what the investment would be. Um, so that's, that's where it gets a little scary, but you know, you can, you can only base your information off of what you've experienced 
but then forecasting that forward and trying to make really good decisions throughout that. Yeah. Speaking of forecasting, I'm, I'm loving this uh, finale <clears throat> inventory system. I can look and uh, like right now I can look and say, okay, I've got, I got 50 days left in magnets or something like that. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's a, it's kind of a nice peace of mind. I'm not fully trusting in it yet. You know, I'm still kind of doing a visual inventory as well as, as, as looking at these numbers and, you know, hoping that I have everything set up correctly in the software and all that. But, um, man, I, I, w I wish I would have done this a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, isn't it funny how you say that? <laughs> like yeah. every time I do something or we make a move, like I guarantee you this, we're going to put these mill orders in and we're going to be doing that regularly. And we're going to be looking at each other saying, man, it would have been nice to do this two years ago. But, you know, you, you learn as you go and then you're, you're trying to make the best decisions and put systems in place. And that's one of them. Even though you don't have a massive product lineup right this moment, if you get Finale or any inventory software hammered out right this second, imagine how much easier it's going to be at your next product release. Yeah. You know, or, or when you're doing that next run of custom Neomags, you'll know exactly what you have. Um, there will be no question about it. So yeah, I, I totally see the value in doing something like that. Yeah. yeah it's pretty sweet. Just, just pulling up and looking at, and at what I've got in stock and I can click the, you know, you know, click the little reorder thing and it shows me everything I need to, I need to look at reordering and automatically makes the POs and man, that's beautiful. So what, let's go back to September just for fun. I, I've wanted to hear, you know, what, this is something that's been running through my head. It's just thinking about like all of the different struggles that we've gone through, maybe the hardest things we've experienced. Did you have anything like that in September? What would you say was that one thing that sticks out in your head that was like, man, that was tough. I know I'm um, throwing you on the spot, but no, it's, it, it just like on the topic of finale, it's, I ran out of several components that uh, throughout that month. Um, and that just, I mean, it was really stressful. So I'm like, I've, I've got, I had accepted some large dealer orders and we still have orders rolling in every day on the website. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing all the stuff coming in and I'm not able to, not able to ship stuff out. And that was, you know, that's just really stressful. And it's, it was one of those things I'm like, I, I know I just need to hold on. I was, I was days away or a week away from, from having the parts, but you know, but then it was, it was go to, you know, I was telling the guys, I'm like, you know, we did everything that we could to to prep for when, when stuff came back in stock. And I told the guys, I'm like, it's going to be go time once, uh, you know, once the stuff comes in. And uh, so that, you know, that was probably about the toughest part of September, I think. Just on top of, uh, I mean, which is just every month, it's not September, but just being busy and, uh, you know, between family events and work events and stuff like that. How about yeah. you? I, well, I would say, I, I know I touched on this a little bit, but I would say that the biggest thing was kind of like an awakening for me. You talked a couple times of people saying, man, I miss the old days when things were simple and when, 
um, you know, when it was just a small shop and a small operation and by no means is our operation large, but I've come to realize that there are way more complications having more members on the team than just rolling it alone. So just the weight of that and feeling that and looking back and there was tons of stresses at the beginning, but at the same time, at the beginning, I just kind of had to worry about me. Now I'm actually leading people who are underneath me and my phone's been ringing more than it ever has. I've answered more questions among the team members than I ever have. There are a massive amount of steps that had to go into place. Everything from business cards to emails to other literature, things like that, that I had to distribute to the team members so that they could effectively do their roles. And there's still more that we're hammering through. So I'm just realizing that it was simpler three years ago. But even though it was simple, I'm extremely excited for what's coming by having a team. So it's, it's just this realization and acceptance that things are changing as they're going forward. Um, and I, I can't really explain it other than it just felt like pressure on me. Like I'm, I'm not stressed per se, but there's a lot of people that are going to be relying on my vision for the company and making sure that I'm providing them the tools that they can perform their tasks well, because now we have people and we've had people that relied on it, but we have more people that are going to rely on that income from the company. And to maintain that the company has to continue to grow. So I think I'm getting my first tastes of, Oh crap, people rely on me. Yep. Um, and that's a real thing. That's, that's not something that's made up. That's something that I've, you know, I've never had to navigate at this level. So it's, so yeah, it's, it's not like September was a bad month. It was just extremely busy and there's just a lot of pressure going on. Well, I think you'll look back in years to come. You'll look back on September of 2019 as, as the pivotal moment in TA targets when, you know, when, when you guys officially made the changes to begin, you know, a new journey and scaling up the business and that's going to start looking different and, and acting different. And so what it, now you were talking about how it used to be simpler. It used to be less stressful. Um, what is, what drives you to give up that to grow a business that's going to be more stressful, more complicated? Um, you're probably not necessarily going to make more money, probably not really necessarily going to have more freedom of time, at least not for a while. So what drives you to give up those things to take on? these new things. Yeah. So the, the less stressful aspect, it's, it's like a different stress because I had more physical stress at the beginning. I felt, I I don't know how to, I don't know how to differentiate that or, or clarify that. And and maybe I can't, but this is like a new, a new kind of pressure. But the, the biggest thing is 
I don't think that I was called to go so far and then stop. I don't think my destiny is, okay, you've built a pretty cool business. It's supporting a couple of paychecks. Awesome. Now just ride it. I feel like I am supposed to use this life to do as much as possible to impact other people. And you're right. Like I, if I was doing this venture for pay, I would have quit a long time ago. And that's something that is so vital for people interested in being an entrepreneur to understand. Like if you think, and there's always the anomaly that's going to start a business and he's going to become a multimillionaire, whatever, but that's not the norm. The normal is you're going to work your butt off for four, five, six years, depending on your business and what your margins look like. And you may not pay yourself well at all during that period. And that's just something so vital for people to understand. But the biggest thing is I want to take care of people on our team and I want to see our team flourish. I want to see people wanting to be part of this team. Um, and then I want to take care of them really well. I want to offer them opportunities that they can grow, that they can be pivotal members of our team and then impact the industry. Cause I just, I look at the steel target industry and it is so dry and dead. It's depressing that you, for the last 20 years, I'll say there really hasn't been innovation in any way, shape or form. And so then I look at things like who are the biggest players in this industry and I know who they are and I know what their weaknesses are. I also know what they do yearly for revenue. So I, I see that there's this huge gap between us and them. And then I look at it and I'm like, okay, if I was a company that, could employ 50 people, 60 people, 70 people. Number one, I'm, in, I'm impacting every one of those people. Um, if I can do my job correctly and care about them, I can offer them opportunities for growth that they may not experience anywhere else. And then obviously there's a component that I want to scale up my business because at some point I would love to make more money than what I'm doing now. To me, that's, a, that's an afterthought because I know that if we do business well, um, we we track income and expenses well, and we're doing things honestly, that stuff will come later. But I do want to take care of my family. And I recognize that if, like, if you go into any career path and say you're working for somebody, most people I would venture would say they want to get a pay raise. They want to get more bonuses. They want to get more vacation and things like that. Now you're the business owner. The only way to make that happen for yourself is to scale up that business over time. So I, I'm looking at it from a million different fronts, but the biggest thing is above all of that, I know I get one chance to have a huge impact in this world. And I feel like my business is one of the biggest ways that I can do that. So I feel like if I stop and I don't pursue this as far as possible, I'm literally throwing away part of my story that other people are going to tell in, you know, a hundred years, my kids will tell their kids about what did, you know, my grandfather do you know, 50 years ago. And then I want to make sure that I'm doing things that leave a legacy for my family and whatever amount of generations come next. Yeah. So that was long winded, but it, no, it's, no, it's, it's like, answer. it's like burning. Like I can't, I can't explain it, but it is literally burning inside of me that there's just so much that needs to happen. Um, that I get so pumped up when I think about it. Like that's the biggest thing. Like if I felt like I was forcing myself to do this, 
I probably wouldn't do it. We'd probably hit it. We'd say, okay, here's the goal. We're going to hit that level and maintain it. But at the, at the same time too, think about it this way. If your employees want to grow, the business has to grow. At some point you're going to hit a cap with your overhead where you can't afford to pay them more. You can't afford more vacation. You can't afford a higher paycheck. Um, if they get sick, it's going to be harder for you to help them. So that's the other thing is I want to provide security for the people that signed on to our team and said, we believe in you. We believe in the product and the mission and we're going to put everything into it. Yeah. So it, some of it's security, some of it's just legacy, but you know, I think part of it too is, you know, I had, I think for me, I, I had, I had something inside of me that I, I didn't even know about, you know, four years ago, <clears throat> going on five years ago. And, and that's the, just the entrepreneurial spirit is what I'm going to call it. Um, and when I first came up with the Neomag, that first six months to a year, I got multiple offers from, you know, from larger companies to purchase the, the design of the Neomag from me. And without even really thinking, I just said no. And I had multiple people ask me what my, what, what my plan is with it going forward. And I'm, the only thing I knew that I would tell them then is like, Oh, I, I kind of want to, I, I, I want to see what I can do with this. And, and, and I think now I would tell people, um, it, you know, just, I, I feel like I, I can explain that better now of, of what I was feeling back then is that I've fallen in love with the experience of owning and growing a business. I, 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 I don't do this for the money. I don't do this. Um, I, I don't like, I don't at this point, I don't care about having more time. Cause heck I, I don't, I had more time when I was working for someone else. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not doing this for freedom of money, freedom of, uh, of time. Um, I'm hoping that those things come later, but I don't see those things coming for, you know, for a long time. Um, but it, it's, it, it's, I've got this drive inside of me to work really hard at this and grow it and make it successful. Um, I think if for some reason the business failed or something like that, or, you know, it, I, I would be more heartbroken at, at failing at the business than I would be heartbroken at like not, not making money or, or, or something or more heartbroken that the business failed than I would be at having to go and work for someone else again or something like that. Um, I think I've just grown this passion for the business and, um, and just working so hard at, at making it better and, and bigger, you know, I've, I've got a picture in my head of where I would like to see the business grow to. Um, you know, I, I think at some point, this is, this is one of the things I kind of want to say kind of in rebuttal um, to you is I, I think at some point you have to decide, okay, this is, this is it, you know, you know, this is where I want this to grow to. Um, and I don't think you have to look at that as giving up, you know, so 
if there's people listening to this, your goal is to have, if your goal is to, for your business to be just you or you and your wife or you and one or two employees, if that's your goal, don't feel like you're giving up at that point. If that's your goal for it, you've, you've succeeded um, to your goal. And, you know, <laughs> you know, because where does that end? You know, like you're, you're like Amazon, you know, you're, you're Google, you know, like, you know, at some well, point you have to, to think about that. Ends. Yeah. So, so my point wasn't to tell people that you're not winning. If you draw that line for me personally, I don't see myself drawing that line. That's all I was saying because it scares me. So there's people in my circle that said the same thing with their businesses literally 20 years ago. They said, we're at a good level and it's okay. And they are extremely, they're struggling so hard right now because of the fact of those decisions that they made years ago. And that's where I'm getting my perspective from because I know people with 50, 60, 70 employees that if there's a downturn, they suffer. And that's, so yeah, that don't take anybody listening. Don't take my words as saying you can't be a single business. You can't. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the size of, of your business. You know, that has nothing to do with how many employees you have and stuff that. Well, in some ways it does because of overhead. So I guess what I'm saying is for the past 15, 20 years, their employees have been making more money and they capped the investment in growth at that level. So now the employees versus 20 years ago are making 25% more money or whatever it is. So it just becomes so much harder to manage your business if there was a cap for that reason, or if one of your key players or better yet, um, if you don't invest in new people throughout the years because of capping it, and then all of a sudden half your team is retiring. Um, and that, that's a personal experience we've gone through um, in other companies is the fact that if your workforce is 55 years old, 65 years plus, and you haven't invested in new people to fill those roles in behind them, you know, but I won't ever judge somebody for saying this is the level I want to get to. And that's where we're going to stop because that's just a decision that everybody has to make for themselves. Yeah. Um, for our team, that decision just came down to um, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to stop. Now, who knows? I, you know, you just don't know 15 years from now what you'll feel like, but for this point right now, the way I see it is I push till I'm burnt out. When I'm burnt out, we hire and we offset all of the stuff that I'm not passionate about that doesn't, you know, I don't wake up hungry to do. And then we fill those roles in with very experienced, very, maybe not even experienced because I don't really care about the experience. I care about the mindset and if they fit the culture, but we just keep on doing that. Cause at some point, if I get, if I get to the point where, you know, I'm burnt then I fill in the role with somebody, you know, I, I just can't see myself. And again, I'm not speaking that everybody has to think like this, but I just can't see myself stopping at this point. Yeah. Partially, you know, partially cause like I came out of this evolution conference at the beginning of the week and I see what these guys are doing. Um, the people that spoke have, you know, the one guy had multiple $200 million plus businesses and it freaking, it made him so pumped because of how many lives he has affected through those businesses and seeing him talk about it and thriving. And I don't know, it was the hardest journey he's ever been through, obviously, but just knowing that if you could impact 2000 people, that's insane. 
when you think about that, what you're putting into the economy, the different lives you're changing, the families you could affect. I'm not saying I want to get to a 2000. I mean, that just makes my head melt thinking about it. But, you know, you have the opportunity as a business owner to change people's lives. Um, so it's, this is, and that's where everybody's going to feel differently. But where I'm at currently, where our team's at, that's where we're, you know, we're pointed forward. Um, kind of, you know, the other thing is it's, it's a challenge. And I think that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit is how far can you go? How much can you do? You know, you see professional BMX riders or motocross guys, the next thing they want to do is what's the biggest jump? What's the craziest trick? What, what can I do as a human? Um, so there's that, there's that drive that I think is present in anyone who is, or would call themselves an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, the only downside that I see to this, and I was thinking about this, um, I was actually talking to my wife about it last night is the downside of doing this is I don't think I could work for anybody ever again. I worry about that too. <laughs> because it's, it's like, like I have plans in place and I've been working on skills and different things and building networks so that if, you know, that black swan event happens and my business does fail in some way, shape or form, which happens and can happen by no, no wrong act of your own. Um, you know, what would I do? And I'm, I, I look back to the days when I was a draftsman um, and I feel like part of my soul gets ripped out <laughs> thinking about punching back in and sitting down and doing what I used to do. Um, I, I would obviously do anything for my family to keep them secure and fed and warm and clothed, but that would be extremely difficult. Yeah. I don't know what I would do, honestly. No, but I, I, I also think... I would be more understanding and sympathetic than ever with the owner of the business that I worked with. Right. <laughs> I would be. As long as they weren't complete jerks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even if they were jerks, it would depend on what they're being jerks about. I might completely understand why they're being jerks about it now. Whereas before I, I didn't get it. I bet you, you would be a very vital role to the team because you understand things like cost. Yeah. You understand what employees cost. You understand it doesn't stop at the paycheck. Um, you know, running equipment, balancing the overhead expenses, getting payments from vendor from uh, customers. Yeah, it would it would be weird going back into a business, um, working for somebody. But that's that's the only thing that I've come to. Re well, not the only, I'm sure there's other stuff, but I've, it's just become very clear to me that you know if if TA targets would something bad would happen, I'd pick up my camera and run. I'd, I'd have to, I'd try to figure out what can I do with my passions. Um, you know, so at least if I had to work for somebody else, I would be doing the things that I love would be yeah. at least my goal. I mean, Dusty was talking last, I think it was last week. I just, I asked him like, you know, what, what, what would your long-term goals for your job duties be here? You know, like I want to know what he wants to, you know, he spends most of his time building Neomags, which is not the most fun thing to do <laughs> a lot, which is one of the reasons why I take him to SHOT Show and the NRA. And uh, we just went to a training course this last weekend. And um, in fact, uh, he went a couple weeks ago uh, to a training event. I wasn't able to go, but I gave him the ammo. 
I'm like, here, you know, take ammo and go. Just I want to, uh, you know, for what he does that I know he doesn't necessarily enjoy but makes a business run, um, I really try to offset with things that I know he, you know, he enjoys and stuff. And so, um, but, you know, one of the things that, that we were both talking about that we both really enjoy, and especially after this, this past weekend of going training, um, you know, we just enjoy um, that's, you know, you know, kind of social aspect that, you know, we, we enjoy the people. Um, and I wouldn't say that, um, that, that I won't say that I'm introverted, but I won't say that I'm super extroverted either. I'm kind of right in the middle. Um, but it just, you know, we enjoy going and getting to know people, our customers, seeing our customers using our stuff in action, you know, supporting them, encouraging them. And, and that was one of the things we really got to experience this past weekend. Um, so we went to a vehicle dynamics course with point one tactics back in the spring. And, uh, and the group that was there, um, it, it, it kind of just ended up with this kind of this perfect storm of, of, uh, of a class where, everyone, I mean, there's, you know, there was three or four women in the class. There's some old, you know, that there's, there's some older, uh, people in class. Unfortunately, I was one at, at 37 going on 38. I was one of one of the oldest people in the class, but, um, oh, there was a guy and his wife there. They're in their fifties and, you know, all the way down to college age, uh, kids in this class. And, you know, so there's this wide variety of ages and, and sexes and stuff, it, it, but everyone just got along so well. Everyone was so encouraging. Everyone was excited to be there. Um, and skill set wise, everyone is pretty level. You know, everyone was safe and stuff. So um, after the first class, we came. Uh, he decided to do a vehicle dynamics too, and so that's what we went to this this past weekend and me and Dusty were just as excited to go down and see the people again as we were to train and shoot and stuff. Um, and I, and pictures are starting to roll out now. Uh, Greg was, um, uh, Greg Hampton was there uh, taking pictures and video and there's pictures and stuff starting to roll out now. And I kind of stood back and thought for a second because there's a picture of, of the group of us. And it was me and Dusty standing there, um, you know, you know, all these other people, and, and none of the other people are really in the industry. The um, the couple of those range took some of the class with us when they were there, and the instructor. But outside of that, like, you know, you no know, one's in the industry. There's UPS truck drivers there. There's a hotel manager there. There's, I mean, you know, the, there's all these different people there, and. Um, like, and I'm looking at the skirt picture, and there's me and Dusty there. And, and when I look at that, I just see just two more people there. Um, but I look a little bit closer at it, and there's there's these you know there's these industry people there, and and, and there's and I'm there. I'm trying to say this without making it sound like I'm I'm like 
tooting horns or anything like that. Cause I'm, oh, don't worry. I'll make fun of you if you sound like that. Because <laughs> I'm not. But, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, I, I can't think really of too many other um, gun industry owners who go and train with other people and you know it, you know who are out there getting dirty with their customers and friends um and that's just something it, you know it, i guess I, I was trying to step back and look at it as maybe how someone else would look at that picture um and some people may look at that and be like oh that you know that's cool that the owner of neomag is out there training and that they're out there with other, you know, know with their customers, with their friends doing this. And, um, and so it, it just, I say that just to kind of drive on the point of how much we, we love putting our time into situations like that. I mean, I've met so many people from going to things like S12 and tactical gentlemen's weekend and meeting people at the NRA show. And, um, I want to be as, um, what's where I'm looking for. I want to be as, uh, man, I can't think of the word. I want to, I want to be involved as much as I can in the community, not just somebody who works and sells stuff to the community. Right. Um, we, I mean, Dusty both just enjoy that so much. And so I kind of see that, that being where we split our time, you know, you know, for me, half of my time is going to go towards, uh, it, it might not be 50, 50, but, but the two ways that I see splitting my time is between growing the business, coming up with products and stuff like that. And the other part being spending time in the community and, uh, and investing in the community and stuff. So I'm not sure where that came from, but, I get it. I think about it. Like no matter, I guess the best way to say this is, you know, we have a pretty large following. So no matter how you look at it too, eyes are on us as business owners, leaders, a brand, which is a good thing. But when you have the opportunity to interact with people that look up to you, follow you, believe in you, support you, it is incredible when you get to, to meet those people, talk to them. Um, and I, I really like it because it really shows people that, you know, I'm just a regular dude. You're just a regular dude. Like we, the only thing different about us than a lot of people is we just took a big risk and pursued something we loved. But at the end of the day, you know, we have families, uh, we have fears, we have uh, problems, we succeed sometimes, we fail a lot. And it's cool when you get to interact with people and share those stories, but then ultimately also learn more about their story. Cause that really fires me up when people message me or I meet them in person and they tell me that our products have changed how they train or that the steel targets made shooting really fun for them. And because of that, they train more. That, that's kind of stuff that it shows that you're having an impact in the community not just saying, Hey, buy this cool product because I want you to, you know, we truly believe that our product changes the game for training. And 
out of that has come some pretty amazing relationships and stories. So I actually had a moment where I kind of got emotional at the, at the class this weekend. Um, Did you let anybody see it? No. And I, I wasn't too outwardly like, I don't know. I was, my eyes started to well. I started to get that lump in my throat, but you know, I, I sucked it up and pulled it together. But it was when, oh, there's a guy, his name's Andrew, and he's a police officer. <clears throat> and, and I've talked to him, you know, fairly frequently since we took the class together in the spring. Um, and Andrew is one of those cops that you're, that you're, that you're proud to have out on the streets. Um, he works hard at his job. He works hard training. He works hard in encouraging other people in his department um, to be better. And um, so we were doing the last uh, scenario of the day, which I have a video up on, on my Instagram TV if anybody wants to watch it. Um, and I'm watching him <clears throat> go through the scenario. I'm watching him shoot, uh, shoot through the scenario. And, and it hits me when I watch him, he's kind of at the end of his run and he pulls a sling off his rifle and a sentry strap. No, he's using a sentry strap. He pulls us, he pulls a sling off. He, he throws it over his, over his neck and continues to shoot and stuff. And it hit me for a second. I'm like, I'm standing there watching somebody who runs towards gunfire. This is, this is a guy, if you're in trouble, he's going to be the superhero in the story. He's going to, he's going to run towards whatever it is that's trying to hurt you to save you and watching him go through this and, um, you know, you know, with intensity and with purpose. And he, I mean, he, he killed the course of fire um, and using our product as, as part of it. Um, just, and it really hit me for a second there. I'm like, man, we're, we're doing something here and, and we're making cool products. We're making innovative products, but you know, it, that's like part of my mission statement. Um, I said, you know, we bring real, uh, relevant, real, real innovation, quality, and service to real people. And that last thing that, that, that real people, um, it, I understand it, obviously, but seeing it in action, um, just really kind of drove home how cool it is getting to do what we do. And, and like for you guys, you guys get to send steel to these police ranges and, and you are you're helping these people train to potentially save not only their, their own lives, but, but somebody else's innocent, uh, innocent lives as well. And it just really kind of drove home just how amazing of an opportunity that, that we've got um, and what we do. And that's, and that's why I just love going, that's why I love getting out and being part of that community uh, and not just selling stuff to it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's a powerful experience to have when people are trusting your product to provide them either the tool needed to keep themselves safe and keep others safe or, um, or a tool to train with. 
And yeah. that's, that's bigger picture stuff. I mean, that's why, you know, I've said it a million times, like to me doing this is not about, Oh, I need to make a ton more money right now. You know, that's, it's so much more than that. Um, but when you can realize that and you realize the bigger picture, I think it helps to drive um, things in the right direction as well. At least, at least for us, it has. Cause it's a, it's a lot more than just the simple things, you know, but the little things like you just experienced do have a huge impact. Yeah. I almost feel like this conversation should have been our episode 52. <laughs> uh, we'll come up with something epic <laughs> for episode 52. Cause it's always evolving. As soon as I think, Oh, I have nothing to talk about. I think about it. And I'm like, man, every single week is so incredibly different than the one before. And I feel like I don't do justice to that when I'm talking on the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes it's extremely hard to define the little moments that are, are definitely pushing you forward because in the grand scheme of things, like let's look at it. You go through 365 days in a year as a business owner things happen daily and they're not always punching you in the face massive. So you look at this timeline over the course of a year and then you look back at all of those little things that happen. And to me, I don't know if you feel the same way. I'm always like, Holy cow, <laughs> this was game changing. And I think you're right for us looking back at September of 2019, we are, we're going to be telling stories for years about last month. I know that to be true, just, just already seeing what we're able to do and what we're capable of and, and the foundation we're laying. I can't wait for 10 years from now. Like I, I can't wait to have a business where what, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years, but right right now I'm going to make the assumption that Dusty's still with me. We're both 10 years older. We've been doing this for you know, for a long time and we get to like tell, tell stories about the good old days of Neomag and you know, when we used to have time to, <laughs> to uh, go training and we used to have time to do this and that and just in, in those different experiences. And um, now who knows, maybe 10 more years of this podcast of podcasting is still a thing, but um, yeah, I look forward to, having good old days to to talk about you know what what's what's been really hitting me um, this past week and it, it was a lot so a couple times at this event we were just at on monday people asked us how long have you been in business and when we tell them oh we're going on our fifth year it just hit me that we are going into the year that most businesses don't make it to or don't make it through um, I was looking up a stat before we got on and I don't have a reference for, I don't know how accurate this is, but let's say it is accurate. It says 20% of small businesses fail in their first year, 30% fail in their second year, 50% will fail five years. So more than, more than half of businesses don't make it to that point of five years. Um, and just to think about the fact that we have is pretty insane. You know, again, I'm not trying to toot our horns for saying that, but I'm looking at that from the perspective, you know, going back to my timeline and looking at the little pivotal moments. Um, we had so many ways that we lost and we felt like we failed. And sometimes we did very clearly fail. And then we'd have little wins as we're going forward. 
And it's pretty incredible to think that we're going to be going into year five strong. I would argue stronger than ever and more capable than ever. So it's, there's no guarantee for the future. We don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years, but I know right now I have a lot of really good people on the team that are pointed in the same direction and who want nothing more than to see our, our business succeed. So I, I'm excited as well to look back, you know, five, 10 years from now. And I really, I really, really truly believe that we're going to say September 2019 was when um, we turned a major pay, uh, major page in our book. Yeah. I had a thought to the other day that, you know, I, if you would have asked me, you know, six years ago, what I'd be doing in six years, I would have said that I'd be sitting at that desk in my last job doing engineering. I'd, right. I would, have laughed, I would have laughed at you if you had told me that I'd be, you know, five years into a business. Um, and it's just how amazing life is. And, and the opportunities that come up if you take them and, and how life, it, just I'm constantly thinking about how my past jobs set me up perfectly to do what I'm doing now. I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't have the jobs that I took before. I learned so much just about, I mean, so much, it, that's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, you know, so I think about, you know, where am I going to be six years from now? Like, am I going to be laughing about how I'm sitting here now thinking there's no way I would be doing, you know, something then, you know, maybe it is completely different. You know, maybe I, I don't know, maybe something happens. I do decide to sell off the business and start another one or, I mean, I, you know, who knows what, it, who knows what the future could hold. That's just, that's an exciting thing to me. Uh, yeah, the unknown. And Yeah. Yeah, I look back and I've I've realized at my previous jobs doing, you know, just being a draftsman, being told what to do, how depressed I was and how how I did not feel like I was reaching potential, but at the time did not know that I felt that. As weird as that seems, um I, I feel like a lot of people experience that that same reality that you know, they, they may feel like they're unapplied or they're not reaching their potential, but not even consciously realizing that, just having pressure or stress in their life that surrounds that fact. Um, but I would have, you know, if you told me five years ago, six years ago, that I think that someday you'll do freelance drafting, I could say, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. There's an opportunity to make good money doing drafting on your own. Um, you know, out, some companies outsource drafting. A lot of companies outsource drafting. So yeah, there's a whole need there. I would, I would say that's believable. But if you're like, you're going to start a steel target company and it's going to make it past five years, I'd be like, you're nuts. Who does steel targets? Yeah. <laughs> Is that even a need? Right. <laughs> so it's, it's unique. It's cool. It's a great experience. And I, I wouldn't change up to this point every single step that I've taken over the last 15 years, um, you know, I can very clearly see everything from ending through high school to going to college. All of that has built a framework that ultimately led me right to this spot. So I'm excited to see what the next 15 years brings. Yeah, I, so I had somebody, uh, 
texted me the other day that I said, you know, that they're a little behind on the podcast and, and, and they're going to listen. They asked me, you know, you know, do you have anything, you know, like, are there any episodes that are, you know, that are motivational? Uh, just, I, I think they kind of needed a, they needed to be motivated. I couldn't, I, I didn't necessarily think of anything that was you know, any specific episode at that time that was like super motivational. I'm not saying that this episode is either. I don't know. It, it might be. Um, but if there's one thing just that, that I would like to tell people is that if you're struggling right now with, with what you're doing, um, who knows what the future has for you. It could be something absolutely amazing. And maybe what you're doing right now that you hate could be the exact thing that you need to do that amazing thing in the future. Um, because that's exactly what it was for me. And that's exactly what it was for Jared. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That experience that I had, I hated doing project management for the one business I was at. I was doing quoting and spreadsheets and, and calling vendors and putting together quotes and POs and man, I hated that stuff. Um, that's what mostly my job right now. <laughs> yeah. A lot right. of it is, is doing those things, it, but, it, but you know what? I, it, I don't say that I love those things, but you do you, you like, you love it because that's what you need to do to make your business grow. And like, I need to do those things to do what I love to do. Um, those are going to be some of the first things that I'm going to, look to offload eventually, you know, when I can afford to, to hire somebody to do those things. Right. Um, but if I didn't learn how to do those things a, a decade ago, I would, I would have, I would have had no idea how to get my business going. Um, I just, you know, so that experience that I had back then, you, you know, whatever you're doing now, um, if your goal is to, have a business in the future or just have a, maybe a side gig or, you know, who knows what it is. Um, you know, you know, think about what you're doing right now, how it could give you a skill set to do what you want to do later and, and work super hard at it. You know, you know, do the best that you can at what you're doing now, even if you hate it, uh, cause it might be exactly what you need for the future. So it's yeah. a bit of motivation for people. If, if and I'll play looking for motivation. I'll play into that really fast. I'm just going to take two minutes here to lay out um, a timeline. And, and I think this will bring it a little, I, I know a lot of people are going to relate to this and I don't think I've ever talked about it and I'm not going to go into super in detail, but I want to run you guys down through a little bit of a timeline of what my jobs looked like up to this point. So back when I was 14, I started working at a campground. The, the boss was a total jerk, just belittled people, was terrible with people. Um, you know, that taught me how to deal with negativity. You know, that, that built my foundation of work ethic at 14 years old. At the same time, I started running up and down my road asking people to pay me to mow their yard. So that st set a spark of entrepreneurial spirit. Now, I kind of let that fade out and I didn't approach that again after I was probably 16 years old, mostly because I started driving and you know, all kinds of other stuff. Then I think about, I worked at a grocery store 
And at this grocery store, I hated it, (laughs) but it gave me a taste for better money and then using that to do the things that I loved. But I also got to interact with every kind of personality on the planet, literally. I mean, when you're working at a cashier, you're going to talk to everybody and realizing that when you're happy and you project into people, the reactions you can get um, and the way that you can affect them from little things that feel like meaningless at the time, um, you know, that set a foundation. But then I started working at a, at a facility that did medical research testing. And I literally had to handle animals and rabbits. The pans were full of crap. And like I was literally taking cages and they had pans underneath where the rabbits would just use the bathroom, obviously. So I'm cleaning this stuff. I'm literally like eating crap. And I did that for four years. And that gave me though an opportunity to explore team leadership because I ultimately started leading part of the team scheduling. I hated it. (laughs) I hated that job, but I can see the fact that it gave me a foundation in different areas. It taught me about hard work. I mean, I, I had to bust my butt and I was sore and tired. It gave me strength and I was fit, but there were things there that I hated, but I see now in the past how that gave me a foundation. I got laid off from that job. That was my first experience and my last experience where I was ever fired. Um, the, the economy was going bad and they were laying people off. And here I was the part-time dude and I got canned. So I got to experience what that's like. And as a, as a boss, as a leader, that hits me hard um, in my heart. Like I feel that at some point, there's probably going to be a point where we have to let somebody go. And that, that memory from back then still rings fresh to this day. And when I got laid off, I started working for a car wash and that car wash showed me that I cannot do things that I hate forever. I absolutely, like, I didn't even want to go to it. I just remember all my Saturdays were full and I was just depressed and I didn't like the people I worked with. Then I started drafting and that gave me a taste of a skill set of a career path. But at the same time, I didn't feel fulfilled. But you look back at all of those things over a 10-year period and just knowing that in the moment, I hated what I was doing but I'm so grateful that I gave it my all. Even through those times, I persevered. I tried to be as good as I could be, try to be the employee that nobody ever wants to fire. And ultimately all of those experiences gave me the different skill sets that I use now every single day. No joke. This is not an exaggeration. So like Greg said, if you're in a position where you hate what you're doing, be the best at that thing that you're doing because you seriously just don't know what tomorrow brings or what next year brings. And every single step we take is a foundational moment in our lives, um, in your career and outside of it. So I know that was kind of long winded, but I've never really touched on that too much. I'm sitting here thinking it's so important to work a job that you hate. (laughs) Like to go find a job you hate. Greg said it. (laughs) I can, like it, it just builds so much character and work ethic to do a job that you hate. Like even if you don't necessarily do a great job at it, just experiencing working at a job that you hate is, I think that's something that everybody needs. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I think it just builds character. Um, and it, and it's going to build, 
if anything, it, it's gonna, it's gonna teach you to, um, uh, uh, just have appreciation, you know, for one, you know, for one day when you do get that, that dream job, that cushy job or whatever, um, if you've never worked a job that you hated, you're never going to appreciate that good job. Like you could appreciate it. And then also think of it this way. So one of the things, so obviously you don't stay in a position that if someone's being abusive or being, um, or not taking care of you, like I'm not recommending people just recklessly go try to find people that are jerks, (laughs) but you'll find yourself in those positions. And you know, what's cool. I quit from those jobs. Everyone, except for that one medical testing facility, um, which I ended up getting rehired from and then I quit. Um, it showed me that I do have the power to forge the journey forward. Yep. You know, I didn't have to stay in those positions. Or they were a way piece, out of it. Right. They were a piece of my puzzle, but all, all I held the ability to say, you know what? I'm actually done with this. And yes, I've dealt with a lot of crap, but it's pushed me to where I'm going. Quite literally. So, Literally like that's when you quit and do other better things. But yeah, you know, if you hate your job right now, hopefully that gave you a little bit of encouragement because I have right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different jobs I had up until this point, And I didn't like any of them, but now I love, I absolutely love what I do. It just took me that whole time to figure that out. I don't, and again, I don't think you would love what you do as much if you didn't experience those, those, those jobs that you hated, because there's, it's well, I, w- I would have never quit. You know, I would have never stopped doing what I, I wouldn't be a business owner. Yeah. Straight up. If I felt like I, and that's not necessarily a bad, like I feel I'm always like on this tightrope where I don't want to like say, Oh, you'll never see and never apply or whatever. Like just because if you love your job, awesome. You know, like I would never say you love your job, quit it and go do something really <laughs> difficult and risk your entire livelihood. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I would have started a business. I don't think I would have started multiple brands. I don't, you know, I, you're right. I, I don't think that I would be where I'm at if I wouldn't have gone through some suck for yep. a very extended period of my, my life. I can't wait to make my kids get a job bailing hay or, you know, mowing lawns in hundred degree weather. Hey, we can't raise brats. We can't raise no, brats. I think they're entitled to own businesses because I'm no. not willing to do that. I and mean, they're going to work for me, but they're, I'm going to give them the stuff that, that eventually they're going to, you know, right now they're excited to do anything I give them to do, but eventually that'll wear off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll wear off pretty quick. Uh, it's It'll wear off when they don't think you're the coolest guy in the face of the earth and they're trying to impress all their teenage friends and, you know, and they're all eight. They're all the age right now where it's just fun to help daddy, and uh, right. But eventually, the same tasks that I'm giving them now that they're excited about, they're they're gonna hate. But you know, I I want them to have a, a backbreaking job too. Uh, I, I I I had plenty of those jobs, and there's some days I I kind of miss it. I, I did landscaping a lot through college and stuff, and um, I, I kind of miss being outside and breaking my back and my hands and fingernails being dirty and uh i was a lot more tan then i was a lot more in shape when i yeah. worked at, at at that medical place because so to lay it out there you'd go into a room there'd be like five thousand rabbits and they're like cool now you got to change them all out 
and change out was put them, take them out of their dirty cage and put them in a new cage. And there were hundreds of cages and these things weigh like 20 pounds. Yeah. So you're just constantly, man, you're ripping them out and throwing them in these kids, not in a mean way, but you're like trying to move along fast. You're getting bit, scratched, they're peeing on you. It stinks. <laughs> it's wet. It's dirty. Like I have no idea how I worked there for almost five years. Yeah. That's a long time. I worked there while I worked at, the drafting place that I had an internship too. I split two jobs. At one point I had three jobs that I didn't even, I for, totally forgot about. I was doing motorcycle training um, for the state, which was actually the best paying job to this date. I've never made as much money as I did with that. And I quit that because it took something that I loved riding motorcycles and I started hating it. So I, I, man, my story is so complex, <laughs> but I don't think it's unique. Well, I think we should, you're yeah, going to get me on a tangent this. where I'm going to yeah. roll for like two more hours. Yeah. So I, maybe we can, maybe we should, uh, sometime go into depth with our history a little. I, I think we did. I, won't I think I touched on it here and there, but, but we've actually... never committed to like, yeah. Hey, that's the topic. I would really love to do that sometime because talking about encouraging, I think, I think that would bring things full circle for some people. Yeah. Cool. You want to close this out? Sure. Uh, guys, you can find us uh, online. You can find us at Facebook, Forging the Journey, Instagram, Forging the Journey. Um, we are trying to be more involved there. Uh, but we, we would love to, if you guys want to pop into those things, ask us questions, you know, uh, that sort of thing, please do. We would love to converse with you. Um, you can find me, uh, my business at theneomag.com. You can find Jared's at tatargets.com. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. And as always, please leave a rating and review. And if this episode specifically spoke to you in some way, shape, or form, please shoot us a message and let us know. Um, that way we know we're not just shooting words in the thin air. <laughs> but we appreciate you guys. And we'll catch up with you again next week episode 51 all right you have a good one awesome take care of you too